Hello, and welcome to Artwork, the podcast produced by Fab NYC that brings together all kinds of community members, be they artists, small business owners, organizers, community advocates, cultural workers, together to talk about our work, why we do it, how we do it, and how, how we value it together in a community. My name is Risa Shoup. You might recall that at one time I was the executive director of Fourth Arts Block. I am now the executive director of an organization called Spaceworks, which works to develop affordable space for people to gather and engage in their cultural and creative practices. I am thrilled to still be here as the host of artwork for my beloved Fab NYC. And today, we're going to talk about the role of small businesses in neighborhood culture. And I have some incredible guests with me today, and I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves. Hi, everybody. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Armando moritz Pelican. I am the campaign coordinator for Equitable Economic Development at the Association for Neighborhood and Housing Development, also known as ANHD. Uh, work with community groups all across the city to advance... Uh, equitable economic policies to make sure that folks who are dealing with economic issues, whether they're small businesses um, or non-residential tenants or folks in neighborhoods are allowed to stick around and continue to be parts of their neighborhoods. And my name is Sami Chester. I am an organizer for the Cooper Square Committee. Uh, I am also the founder and artistic director of Bebop Theater Collective. Uh, so I get a chance to be... Uh, really schizophrenic, uh, but really laser sharp on the work that I do. Yeah, I can I can attest to that, having worked with both of you in my time at Fab, <laughs> um, and really really happy to be here again and, and talking about you know this really important issue of how uh, small businesses help us sort of retain a sense of our cultural history um, in in neighborhoods and also how we can work together to support those businesses. And before we get into that conversation, we're going to start with the traditional artwork opener of Practical Excellence. So, Armando, since you started last time, Sami, I'm going to ask you to start this time and uh, just point to a practical thing that you've done recently that you feel strongly about. Sleep. Yes. <laughs> Plus one to sleeping. So good. Yes. That is so practical. Yeah. I mean, we all around this table know that. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of it. I don't know that I know. I just like, I know it's important, but I've never done it. I, you know, every now and then I get introduced to it. Yeah. I, you know, it's great. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. We love that. Uh, Armando, practical part of your work you want to tell the listeners about? I wish I could come up with something as clever as sleep. Um, <laughs> I guess what, what I was thinking was I've uh, hosted a number of trainings across the city to empower small businesses on how to fight against commercial tenant harassment. Yep, that's pretty darn that's practical pretty, and great. Yeah. I This isn't something that I led or thought of, but I, I had the um, great opportunity to participate in a staff meeting yesterday about uh, how we're visioning our programming at Spaceworks. And uh, my two staff members who led that meeting had us start by getting into a Soul Train line. If you don't know what that is, just Google it, please, and watch all the videos you can. And uh, we put on some music, and we just did, like, cool walks through the space. And it really just, like, got everybody out of their head and ready to focus on the conversation that we needed to have about programs. Uh, and I thought that was a, a great way to get people to, to work together and be a little vulnerable and have a little 
fun and again put aside um, the awesome work that they were doing before that meeting. So yeah, get 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 into your body and out of your head. Um, Great. All right. And that was Practical Excellence for this episode of Artwork. Um, and now we're going to jump in. And so I want to begin by saying that in my work um, uh, in and around um, supporting small business retention, uh, I have come to see small businesses not just as sites of commercial transaction, but also as sites of social transformation. And I think actually this goes way back before my work in advocacy around this issue to like being a teenager and um, frankly like congregating in uh, a shopping center parking lot with my friends, right? And like we would go into those stores and like buy pizza or get coffee or whatever, but we would also, you know, congregate in that shopping center as a place to like hang out because I lived in a small town and there wasn't even a movie theater. There wasn't somewhere else we could go. Um, and so those small businesses were sites of social transformation for us. Um, and it wasn't just about us. It was the older kids who came before us who showed us that that was cool. Um, and, you know, our parents knew that we were there. And that was, a, that was those small businesses were really, really important spaces for us. Um, and so that's kind of like a hinge I'd love us to keep thinking about uh, as, as we talk about small businesses today. Here we are, of course, on the Lower East Side. Uh, artwork does want to always talk about this community. And so I'm going to ask Sami to start us off. And, and can you talk about your work as an organizer here with Cooper Square Committee and especially the work that I know you've done um, with small business owners and workers? Yeah, the, the work is really exciting and uh, mind-blowing and it gets me excited and angry mm, mm, and yeah. um, makes me want to fight a lot more for corporations and in some instances uh, even politicians that tend to ruin the culture of a community by allowing it to be destroyed mm. by businesses. I mean, I grew up on uh, the west side of Chicago, which I call the occupied territory uh, of Chicago. Uh, but in that occupied territory, there were small businesses and there were, there were places that you went to get a burger or to get, or to get pizza. And what I learned from being around those people and organizing in that city and, and kind of mirroring that to, to the Lower East Side, it's very, very similar, mm -hmm. where you have uh, just mom and pop, you know, young entrepreneurs trying to start a business, literally getting pushed out and not having laws to really protect them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, yep. and, and not having people stand up and fight for them. So mm -hmm. one of the things that we've been doing at Cooper uh, along with folks at ANHD and, and, you know, our, our community partners around the city is that we've actually been reaching out to mm -hmm. businesses and, and, and asking them, what are your needs? What, what are we doing right? But more importantly, what can we do better and what are we doing wrong? Right. Uh -huh. And what are like the top two things that you hear when you ask those questions? Um, Leases being not being yeah. renewed, yeah, yep. mm -hmm. um, is is a big one, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that that kind of harassment is, is is really the first thing that comes out of someone's mouth, mm -hmm. and and sometimes uh, the, the second thing is for the 
depending upon the business, it's their relationship with the NYPD. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Right? I mean, you know, if, if you have a small business and, and, you, and you're from a, a migrant community and you have a small, suddenly ICE is involved now. Right. Yeah. Right? right. Suddenly, yeah. suddenly the people that, that could work to support their families are afraid to go out and support their families, even though we're supposed to be a sanctuary city. The fact of the matter is people are still scared. Mm-hmm. And so when you take those two things and put them together, that's really powerful because they want to talk to you. But they don't want to necessarily talk to you because they're afraid. They don't know how to negotiate mm-hmm. this, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It kind of actually gets to, I mean, from what you just said, I, I would maybe take it as they want to talk to you, but maybe they don't want to be associated with you. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, they're, they're the organizers. Right. They're trying to change things and, you know, empower people. And that's that's not okay. I mean, even just the, this issue of harassment, um, which I'm sure we can get into at some yep. point too, is just, you know, it's there. There aren't tools. There aren't ways for small businesses or commercial tenants, even broadly, to protect themselves. So when when your landlord's like, "Hey, I don't want you to be here. I'm going to turn off your heat, or I'm going to turn off your water, or now, especially after the election, I'm going to call up ICE because I think mm-hmm. there's people who are undocumented who work here, or maybe mm-hmm. you're undocumented." Like that's something that hasn't really been discussed at a, at a citywide level, and kind of just you know, pivoting a little bit yep. in terms of some of the work that, that, that I do with, at, at NHD is working with groups like Cooper Square Committee, working with groups, working mm-hmm. with folks like Sami, because a lot of these conversations that are happening at local community levels mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. are happening in a lot of different communities. And a lot of the same problems are bubbling up in different neighborhoods. And what, what we look to do as a citywide organization is bringing all those folks together and say, let's have this conversation at a citywide level. And instead of talking to one council member or another council member or one agency or one other person, like let's get the entire city council on, like to, to recognize this is a problem. Let's get the mayor to be like, hey, we need to do something to protect our small businesses. Um, because that, like there really has been like the larger citywide discussion on all the issues that are affecting small businesses right now. So, I mean, that's that's been an exciting part of the work, kind of just to, to go yeah. back to Sami's point about like the excitement and the energy because it's 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 not it's not there are there aren't new problems, but it's a new space of discussion where we're actually recognizing, hey, we can be working with each other to advance solutions on this. So I just want to touch back on on one thing to help uh, educate our listeners. So Sami, you mentioned that um, there are not uh, yet enough laws to help protect small business owners. And Armando, you also talked about like tools that could exist to help protect those small business owners and their workers. Um, what might those tools be? Um, perhaps we see them in the residential sector, um, but like, what are they? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, and this, this is maybe what we can all pat each other on the back. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, Cooper Square, ANHD, FAB, uh, a number of groups across the city, we came together last year uh, and we formed this coalition, United for Small Business NYC, New York City. Uh, and we were all kind of just like, what do we do with all these problems that are happening? There's no tools that exist. And we saw there was legislation that specifically mm-hmm. dealt with the issue of commercial tenant harassment. Because before this proposed legislation, there was literally no definition of what commercial tenant harassment was. Mm-hmm. And kind of just drawing the contrast on the residential right. side, you know, you've seen the residential tenants' rights movement over decades really evolve and create its own language and vocabulary and tools and protections to protect those tenants, but we haven't seen that same movement mm-hmm. on the commercial side. So we saw this commercial tenant harassment legislation as a really good first step of kind of our way to put our foot in the door and be like, yeah. all right, there's a whole bunch of things. Let's start with this, and then let's build it out from there. 
Um, we got that law passed. It's, you know, it's law now. It's, that's great that we have it. It's not perfect. Um, but it actually now, like I said, it, it, you know, our foot is in the door and we can start having a bigger discussion about all these other issues because now there's actually some recognition on the books in the law that small businesses deal with harassment and right. we need to have tools to protect them. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and there needs to be teeth with that law, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yes. we, we uh, you know, there's a situation of um, a, a young single parent uh, who lives on the, here on the Lower East Side who lived in uh, a building that w the landlord was a bad acting landlord. He was on the worst, worst landlord's list, right? Mm -hmm. yep. Now, she lived in that building, but she also had a small business yep. by the same landlord. Right. So when he kicked he kicked her out because the rest of the building was like rent stabilized tenants. So he couldn't do anything with them. But there weren't any laws at the time on the books to protect this woman. Yep. So he kicks her out mm -hmm. of that space. Now she has it's impeded her ability to make money. Right. So now it's to the point to where maybe she can't pay the rent mm -hmm. to the same landlord right. who just kicked her out of that business, yep. right. right? And 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 nobody seems to, right. you know, they just take it for granted that, okay, it'll just work itself out. Mm -hmm. But this is the thing where real people are getting hurt based on somebody else's grief. Right. Yeah. Right? What are the conversations that we need to be having with business owners, uh, either about this law or even more to Sami's point to, like, um, give this law more teeth and, and create other protections. Like how, what do we want to be talking about with our, with our friends who own businesses? Speak out yeah. immediately. Don't, you know, don't think, Oh, it's only happening to me because believe me, if it's happening to you, then it's happening to the person in the Bronx. It's happening to somebody in Harlem. It's yeah. happening to somebody in Queens. Yeah. So it's very difficult for small businesses to take time out. Mm -hmm. we, we've all experienced yep. right. that here at the right. table, Absolutely. right? You, you, yeah. you, you want to have a meeting with small business owners and it's yeah. on a Wednesday. Yeah. Right. No, I can't be there on a Wednesday because there's only, you know, two or three people that run my shop. Yeah. Yep. So we have to figure out a way to... And the only people that's going to be able to do that really are going to be the business persons. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. going to have to actually talk to each other yeah. and go, let's, right. find a, let's find a time in the day when we all can just take an hour or mm -hmm. an hour and yeah. a half to do this and maybe one of the things we need to do is arrange something online where they can Skype in and have conversations or we have to figure out some way for them to have a conversation about the injustices that are being done to them and how they can begin to support themselves right because mm -hmm. organizing is all about empowering yeah 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 and if we can get them to empower themselves mm -hmm. I think we that's a good next step mm -hmm. what what's been interesting actually is how you know kind of going back to your point Reese, about just like the sense of community and like cultural exchange and all that 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 all really happens in, in our small businesses is just building that sense of like collective identity because part of this like you know again drawing the parallels on the residential side you know residential tenants they all live in the same building so it's yeah. like hey we're all in this building we're all in this together Whereas if you have, you know, one barbershop here and you have another barbershop across the street, if the barbershop across the street shuts down, you're not thinking, oh, man, that guy was getting harassed by his landlord. He's probably thinking, oh, well, now I have less competition. The people who got their hair cut there can come over here. Um, and granted, that's that's a very antiquated way of looking at it. And that's not I think that's not the that's not the norm anymore because people are recognizing, hey, when people are getting displaced, that that hurts me. If I'm the only you know storefront that's operating yeah. on a completely vacant commercial strip. 
that's no good. We need to have this, we need to have a sense of, of collective identity. And I think yeah. that's kind of like where this whole idea of, of community comes in, where mm-hmm. it's like, hey, your community isn't just where you, you know, where you have your apartment and where you sleep. It's where you buy your milk. It's where you do your laundry. It's where you, you know, you get your, you get your shoes or you get your haircut or any of these other things. Like it's where, it's where culture happens. Right. And it's also that, that unbelievable familial kind of feeling of when a package comes and I'm at work that, that Mr. Rodriguez who, who runs the bakery, you you know, downstairs from me, will will take my package and sign for it. Yep. Right? Right. You can't right. you can't right. do that at a Dwayne Reed. No. You yep. can't you yeah. can't do that at an H right. and M. Right. Right. So that you you're literally these corporations are literally stripping the cultural fabric out of the community. And it makes it harder for people to stay. You know, those yeah. those relationships are what help you fight for your mm-hmm. for your ability to stay in a neighborhood, but they're also what make it it easier for you to live and work where you live and work. Yeah. Um another thing that I want I wanted to add is like I think um not only is it important for business owners to talk to one another and to talk to organizers who might be able to help them um, get the services and, and protections that they need. I think it's also really important for, for folks who um, are not business owners, but are the shoppers or yeah. the residents to get involved in talking about why small business is important to them. I mean, this is kind of how I entered this work. I run nonprofits and it, it became very clear to me after so many other folks who run nonprofits coming to me and talking to me about how they'd been sort of, um, you know, um, their rent had increased to the point where they could not renew right. their own commercial mm-hmm. lease. Yep. I was like, you know what? Nonprofits have the same issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we provide, again, the same space for social transformation and the keeping of history and the growing of new um, creativity and social relationships. We need to get involved in this struggle to, to re- retain and strengthen small businesses in New York City. Um, and I wonder if we can sort of use this conversation around uh, community building mm-hmm. and um, the relationships that form to, to touch on United for Small Business New York City, mm-hmm. the, uh, the coalition of which we are all part. Um, and maybe Armando, you want to like tell us what it is and how it started, and Sami, if you could talk about how you got involved sure. in it and, sure. and maybe how it's um, helped you advance your work or, 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 or strengthen the work that you're doing here on the LES. Yeah, I mean, I think what's... Um, you, you touched on a couple of things that actually are directly reflected in, in a lot of the stuff yeah. that's in the, the, the materials that we have as a coalition now, and we have a cool logo and all that. Uh, but I guess like one of the taglines that we keep coming back to that regardless of where you are in the city, you identify with this line is that small business displacement is really cultural displacement. Right. Um, because, you know, everyone talks about, oh, I want to come to the city, I want to come to New York, and I want to see all the things that are there. And it's like, well, what is that, though? Mm-hmm. Like, what is that thing mm-hmm. that you want to mm-hmm. actually observe is it the Dwayne Reed on every corner is right. it the major chain bank that's displaced whatever businesses have been there before is it the the bodegas that are getting priced out from their right. corners as well like there is there is some sort of cultural identity that people just assume is going to be in New York and the problem is that because of the lack of protections for commercial tenants you're seeing less and less in that in neighborhoods across the city yep. and that's that's something that um We've been really aware of because of the fact that, kind of just to tell the, the quick story on how USBNYC formed, um, our, our membership base is, is largely based in the affordable housing and the residential tenants' rights movements. Um, but at the same time, you know, a couple of years back, we, we had the conversation where we all recognized, hey, well, no housing is really affordable without a good paying job. Like, mm-hmm. It can't just be affordable housing, affordable housing. Like That's great, but if people don't have jobs to afford any of that affordable housing, then what, what's the point? 
and the, and the small business conversation really and USBNYC again, like I like I mentioned before, came from the commercial tenant harassment legislation that we heard about because you know there's a lot of laws and protections and tools and there's a role that the city plays in protecting the rights of residential tenants, but on the commercial side. If you're getting even right now with the, with the existing commercial tenant harassment law that, that we got passed, if you're a if you're a store owner and your landlord decides to harass you, you can't just pick up the phone and say, "Hey, I want to I want to get you know an inspector from the city to come down and talk to my landlord." Like that doesn't exist. That's not mm -hmm. the, the city doesn't actually have that fully fleshed out role on the commercial side. So our t our our coalition really built out from groups that had done a lot of great organizing and great advocacy and development even. Uh, on the residential side, and we're like, well, wait a minute, why is why why are all the tools that we have on the residential side non-existent on the commercial side? And hey, people want to stick around and live in their neighborhoods, but it also becomes less appealing to stay in their neighborhoods when all the stores that they are used to going to or the restaurants that they've seen are all getting pushed out too. I have these protections. Why doesn't the store owner down the block have those protections? Mm -hmm. um, so that's it's it's created a really interesting um, dynamic where we're we're we're. Part of it is, you know, the small business owners talking with each other and engaging with each other, but also recognizing that, you know, these economic displacement concerns are also tied in with the residential displacement concerns. Mm -hmm. So yes. there's a really exciting opportunity to see residential tenants working alongside with small business owners and being like, hey, we're all tenants yep. and we need to we need to protect our communities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I, I, I couldn't have said it better. I mean, that's exactly what it is. I mean, as you know, I started out. Uh, as an organizer, organizing different campaigns, mm -hmm. right? Human rights campaign, uh, you know, prison reform, you know, all of these really, really important things. But in my, in, in my heart and in my mind, there's nothing more important than home. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Right? I mean, if, 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 if you can't walk into your place and know and feel comfortable in your place, feel comfortable that somebody's not going to knock on the door and say, get out. Feel comfortable that somebody's going to knock on the door and say, you're the wrong color. You don't speak mm -hmm. the right language. Mm -hmm. Get out. If you don't feel comfortable mm -hmm. like that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You're the wrong gender. Get out. Yeah. You're the wrong this. Get out. And who's saying that? There's a group of people that are saying that that are making it very difficult for small businesses and for residents to live mm -hmm. in possibly one of the greatest cities in the world, yeah. right? And so if, if we're not really careful about, not even careful, we just have to be really adamant mm -hmm. about demanding, not yes. asking for, for, for these laws to be, to have teeth, to actually work for people. Mm -hmm. So what the city and state governments and, and, and other institutions tend to do is their idea of helping small business is to hand them a pamphlet mm -hmm. saying, if you just do what's, what's on this pamphlet, right. everything is going to be okay. Yeah. Well, no, everything's not going to be right. okay because I still got this landlord, right, who's, who's making my life miserable. Yeah. Every business, small business, has a family or two families that they're supporting. All of those families live in that community. So if the small business goes, that means that those people are forced yeah. out of the community. So w working at Cooper, we're able to kind of like address that and not only deal, deal with residential, but take our tools from the residential work and really apply it to the small business mm -hmm. work because it's really, it, 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 it's really not that far off. Yeah. yeah. 
right? I mean, if, if you don't have heat and hot water, you don't have heat and hot water. Yeah. Right, right. Right? Yep. One, just one, one um, quick, like, I guess, um, explicit example of what you were just mentioning, Sami, in terms of, like, tools and protections and, like, here's a pamphlet and you're, you're fine. I mean, back when we were working on the commercial tenant harassment legislation, one of the things that another one of our coalition partners, um, Make the Road, kept pushing for was be making it explicitly clear that if people are being harassed because of immigration status, yeah. that that should, be, that should be explicitly defined as commercial tenant harassment. That was back in, like, April, May of last year, which seems like a universe and, you know, a thousand years from, from now, from where we are. Um, and we were like, yeah, we want to see that in the final bill. It didn't make it in. Um, but then, you know, November, and all of a sudden now it's a really different world where we need to be really aware of the fact that, hey, we need to be protecting our immigrant small business owners. We need to be protecting immigrants in general. Um, but again, it's like the 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 alarm level like went up to an 11 ever since. So the city, especially again, kind of with what you were saying, Sammy, like we want to say, oh, New York's an immigrant sanctuary city. It's like, well, what does that actually mean though? Like where are the tools that are actually going to make sure that New York is a sanctuary for the people who are already here? Yep. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to hear you both talk about sort of like all of these intersections, right? Like uh, the way that if we aren't protecting our small businesses, then it will be harder for us to stay in our homes. If we're not protecting our jobs, it's hard to afford to shop anywhere, let alone our small businesses. If we're not protecting immigrant communities, then we are abandoning a whole section of our community that are our neighbors and our fellow workers. Um, I think that in my own work, I've seen that, you know, intersectionality and acknowledging it is is critical to forming really strong trust-based relationships with mm -hmm. people. We are all many things at once. Um, and I think people get very resentful when you try to um, just ask them to be, you know, sit in a box and be one thing at a time. Yeah. But it's also really challenging to acknowledge intersectionality and what I'm getting at is can we talk about some of the challenges in and around organizing um, especially within communities especially within communities that are facing a lot of displacement especially with communities that are facing displacement because of racism and, and xenophobic policies what are the challenges that, that we've all dealt with where to begin you know, I got to be honest. I think some. I think the biggest challenge is is challenging yourself as the organizer. Mm. You know, because because we're out there every day. Yeah. And we're out there every day, and we're 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 singing that same song. And it mm -hmm. might you know it might be a different arrangement depending upon who we're talking to. Mm -hmm. But it's sure. the same. But it's the same song. And it's 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 really challenging just to get for people to not be afraid to be aware. Mm -hmm. yeah. there's, yes. a, there's a great line that, right. that Harriet Tubman uh, once said, you know, I, I got thousands of people to freedom. I could have got thousands more except for they didn't realize they weren't free. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yes. So, it, so it's that. That's, that's a big challenge. When yeah. you take that and you add to that all of the legalese that, mm -hmm. we, that all of us at this table has gone through, mm -hmm. right? Right. right? Why does it take that long? If something's happening that's bad over there, yeah. we need to talk about that. And we don't need to have a committee for that. We just uh -huh. need to fix yeah, right. that. And, and you have the money for that. Mm -hmm. So don't tell me you don't have the money for it. Mm -hmm. Because if it was about your health care or if it was about giving yourself a raise, mm -hmm. 
those things would happen. And yeah. when, and just to be clear, like when you're saying like, don't tell me you don't have the money for that. You mean the, you often the folks who are withholding, you know, Correct. the service or, or the resource. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. For real. Correct. For real. Yeah. I mean, one of the, uh, one of the, well, the, just kind of a couple, a couple challenges that I think have been interesting just to see how they like even kind of crumbled in the past couple months really that we've been doing a lot of this, this advocacy is just like getting over some of the, um, just kind of the sense of like, my world ends here, your world mm. is across mm-hmm. the street, and yes. we're just going to do our own things, we're separate, or even the other cases where it's like, I'm over here, you're doing your other thing, we, what you're doing over there is diametrically opposed to me. Mm. Like, challenging those those held, those held beliefs and being like, uh, no, actually, we're all on the same side. We're all kind of like collectively getting screwed over, and maybe if we, instead of shouting at each other, we're all shouting and directing that energy elsewhere, maybe we could, we could move something. Um, we, we could probably get into like the, the USB NYC, the, the launch and all that, but one of the things that, that um, the, the mayor was actually asked about it on, on WNYC um, last week mm-hmm. with Brian Lair, and they, he was asking him, you know, what do you think about the event? There was street vendors there as well as mom and pop business owners, and there's this, you know, recurring uh, refrain from folks that they say, oh, well, you know, brick and mortar businesses are diametrically opposed to street vendors, but you have people all there together at this event where you have a street vendor saying, in Spanish, I consider myself a small business owner. And it's just like that recognition that, hey, we're not fighting each other. And, you know, there's research that backs it up also that street vendors and, and brick and mortar businesses coexist pretty nicely together. And having just, you know, completely empty streetscapes isn't the ideal situation. That's one of the reasons why street vendor projects part of the coalition, because they, they recognize, hey, there are a lot of brick and mortar businesses that have been displaced already and they became street vendors Correct. and they, they don't, they don't, Correct. they're not blaming brick and mortar businesses that are there. They're just like, Hey, you're still able to hold on. Great. But now I've learned that I've been pushed out. I don't want you to be in the same place as me. So I'm going to come out and back you guys up. And it's, it's been really exciting just to see how, mm-hmm. how that, that, um, that connection is, is happening. I mean, granted, are street vendors and brick and mortar business going to agree on everything? No, but nobody does. I mean, I don't, I don't agree all the time with my, with my wife, but we still love each other. It's great. Right. Um, but the point is that, you know, larger systematic challenges that, that, are, that are affecting street vendors and small businesses, there's a lot of similarities there that if they work together on a citywide scale, they can accomplish a lot. Yeah. What do you, what do you guys um, remind yourselves of or like dig deep for when you have to confront a conflict? Like, I feel like we're talking about, you know, um, groups coming together and realizing that they're, maybe there's something on which they're aligned, but there are many things on which they are not aligned. And you as an organizer often have to choose to acknowledge that or not. What do you, again, what do you dig for when you have to acknowledge those conflicts? Yeah. I can think of one really quickly. Okay. So, I mean, cause I've, one of the things that I'll, I'll just say also is like A and since we're citywide, it's not like I, we directly correspond with the neighborhood. Right. So um, in a lot of ways, like I'm like organizing organizers. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I feel like I, I could be a bit removed <laughs> from the communities that are actually yeah. benefiting from a lot of this. And what I typically come back to whenever there's just like differences of opinion, whether it's at a coalition table or at meetings or whatever, it's just like, well, why are we doing this? Like, why does this actually matter? Mm-hmm. Like, if we're doing this for ourselves, then that's not the right approach. Yep. But the reason why we're having this conversation on commercial displacement, residential displacement, gentrification, whatever you want to call it, like there are people in the city who need this. Mm-hmm. There are people in the city who either because they're balancing multiple jobs or they're stuck running their business and they can't make the trip down, like 
they can't dedicate the time to do this stuff, so we need to raise their voices. Whether that means we're arguing over where a comma goes in legislation or you know, which line is a priority or which isn't. Kind of just building that collective sense of like, hey, we might disagree on this one specific thing, but let's just pull back for a second and remember why we're here in the first place. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, we're, we're not doing this just for ourselves. We're doing this to, to serve some, some larger, greater purpose. Um, and I find that generally that, that works out pretty well because we can, you know, not everyone needs to agree to be able to advance a, a positive agenda. Right. Yeah, that's what happens in the organizing too, because it's almost, it's 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 almost like going on a date. Yeah. 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 No, it's super real. You know, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know I'm you, but I want to like get this space. Right. Yeah. I'm showing up with candy and flowers. Right. And, you know right. What I mean? You know. Yeah. I'm, please, 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 let me help you. Yes. You know, and and then it gets to a point to where you. To where that 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 relationship then changes, yep. mm -hmm. and you get a little bit more heavy-handed about it as the organizer. To where you say, at least I do anyway. Yeah. To where I, I finally get to the point to where I say, look, mm -hmm. this is for not only the benefit of the community, but the community starts with you. Yep. Right. So in order for that to happen, yep. mm -hmm. you gotta. That, that's where the rubber meets the road. Mm -hmm. You you have to kind of like shake the folks sometimes mm -hmm. to go, you gotta do this, yeah. right? Because if you don't, by this time next year, it won't matter because you won't be here. Yeah. 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 And, and and that's the sad part. That's when it gets very sad and solemn. For yeah. Me mm -hmm. Because I've seen it happen. We've yeah. all seen it happen. Right. Yep. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean I think that um both of your what you guys are saying kind of reminds me of you know when I'm um, organizing groups of people and, and most often the people that I organize like work in, work in arts and culture and, and I know them right and like so I sort of I have some sense of like ooh like that one that one like that's hard to put them in the same room but we gotta come together and mm -hmm. talk about this um, is like reminding myself like I can't we none of us can do it alone yep um, and so we just, we just have to be here together. Yeah. And so we have to like, okay, fine. You like need to talk about that thing that happened 10 years ago, talk about it. And then, and then like, we're getting back to this issue. Yeah. Um, and we, we will acknowledge it cause like you can't, um, there's no sweeping under the rug. Like everyone knows what everyone's problem is. Um, and so we have to just acknowledge it. And then like, yeah, as you guys are saying, like, no, we must come back to this because if we don't deal with this thing, it doesn't matter that like you have you have an issue with that person because none of us will be able to come together anymore. And yeah. can I just can yeah. I just say just yeah. quickly, yeah. there is no second place in this. Totally. Yeah. You know right. there is there is no we almost got there. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. You either you either you either got there. Right. Or you didn't. Yep. Well, and you either got there for everyone or you didn't get there. Right. I think yeah. that's a critical right. thing. Right. Right? Like, you don't just get there for, like, middle-class white folks. You yeah. have to get there for communities of color, for immigrant communities, for low-income communities. We all have to arrive together at this place of, like, of equity and, like, having protections that, that allow us to just live in our homes and do our work. And that's yeah. the conversation that yeah. folks are afraid to have. That gets into, yes. a, that yeah. gets into yeah. an even deeper a deeper conversation just about the human condition, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that gets into what people are really afraid of, yeah. right? That that gets that gets into you know the folks in the Bronx not wanting to sit at the table with somebody from Harlem and somebody from Harlem not wanting to sit at the table with somebody who's LGBTQ, right? Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I mean that's just yeah. real. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and as organizers, we have to figure out a way right. to yeah. to put all those pieces together and make this really, really 
great mm-hmm. meal, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. one of the things even with that is just like kind of to what you said, Reese, about like, hey, if, if we need to air this out, let's air it out. Right. And I think that that's really healthy to do just like as a coalition because, you know, ultimately when you're, when you're doing organizing with anything really, like you're organizing for some purpose, you're, it's, I mean, it's a power struggle. Essentially, mm-hmm. you're, you're pushing to elevate people who don't have power to get power from someone else. Right. And the someone right. else, whoever it is, doesn't want to give up that power. Yep. And if you don't air those, if you don't air the dirty laundry in a safe space as a coalition sitting around a table, you know, the people who you might be butting up against later might be like, oh yeah, but, but you don't really like those other people though, because you know, I know that you feel this and I feel the same way as you. And then little by little, your coalition just falls apart and unravels because you know, you weren't comfortable unravel or like airing that dirty laundry before. So it's just a matter of being like, Hey, we don't have to disagree. We don't all have to like each other, but there's a bigger, there's bigger fish to fry. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Unless you're a vegan. <laughs> and then there's no fish. Yeah, I mean, and that's okay have, too. And that's yeah. a whole other yeah, yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. uh, <laughs> amazing. Um, so okay, so like, so this work, the work is really hard. The work is really important, and if we don't do the work, like, we're we're all gonna not be able to live here anymore, and we want to live here. Um, why why do you guys do this? Why are you organizers? Um, for me, I I think I'm just like. There's the expression like the hopeless romantic. I think I might just be like a hopeless organizer where it's just like I'm yeah. always going to find something yep. that, that I'm passionate about. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know like if it's a particular issue, but it might just be like the general idea of like I like the idea of empowering people. Right. Um, and plenty of organizers have said it in the past where it's like if the world was perfect, then I would be out of a job. And it's like fine, then I'd be out of a job. Like, if, mm-hmm. if, if mm-hmm. the downside of having a perfect world is that I don't have a job, mm-hmm. I think that's okay. Like, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be okay with that. Um, but there's something, really, um, there's something really satisfying about getting people who didn't feel like they had any power in, in a process or in a larger system and having them you know, stand on the steps of City Hall or talk to an elected official and be like, no, actually my voice matters and you have to listen to me. And that's that, that is something that you can't take away from me. You can ignore me. You can not pass this bill, but we're going to be here. And I, it just something about that for me has always been really fascinating and really um, exciting for me. Like, I, I love being a part of that process because, like, building up leadership, whether it's, you know, before I worked with students, now it's, like, more in, like, the, community, the broader community development field. Um, it's, it's empowering and it's exciting, but it's also, like, the stakes are very present. Uh, and you can see it every day. If if we don't do this work, what's going to happen? Right. Um, so just for me, like organizing in general, has come down to this idea that I I love empowering people, and I want to be a part of that process. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I started organizing when I was very very young, uh, and, and and I was trained by some brilliant brilliant organizers. I mean, just brilliant. But I also started. I also started doing theater and, mm-hmm. and, and music when I was very young, and so it was just a marriage yeah. that that seemed to work for me. And as I as I kind of muddled my way through learning this process, I started looking at people who had somehow managed to take their art and their activism and and and, and make it work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I've always found that very interesting. Right, uh, I, I I loved it when when Ozzy Davis and Ruby mm, Dee did it. I loved yeah. it when Dick Gregory did it. You know, yeah. I, I you know I, I it, it makes sense to me. Yes, yeah. I, I like the idea of knowing that I'm not going to let 
the powers that be get away with a thing. Yep. I'm going to be right there, right? Mm-hmm. When, when mm-hmm. they go to sleep at night and dream, I want them to wake up in a sweat because mm-hmm. they know that in the morning they're going to see my face. Yes. And I see that sometimes when I go to City Hall. <laughs> totally. Know? Totally. You, know, you see guys, oh, no, here he comes. Turn again. around and walk down the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I'm not yeah. in the bathroom yet. Right. Right. You know, like, what do you want this time? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I want this time. The same thing I wanted yesterday right. and the day before and the day before that. And all they got to do is justice. give it to you. Just right. get just justice. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's great. What, um... You know, one of the things that we hope for with artwork is that um, in sharing stories with our listeners about the work that people do, they'll get one step closer to, to doing more of the work that they want to do. I mean, we hope they're doing it right now, but I know that I'm not always doing um, what I want to or want to do in the way that I want to do it. And it's helpful to talk to other folks and hear about their experiences. So um, especially in this very challenging political moment where I think a lot of us are afraid and a lot of us are seeing some of our worst fears realized. What's some advice that you guys would give to people who want to get involved in an organizing campaign and just like have no idea how? Like what's an organization they can go to, um, a practice they can start, Mm -hmm. um, a book they can read, like whatever it is, what's some advice that you would give? Use, use, Use the technology. Mm. I mean, I mean, don't be afraid. Don't don't spend your life on Facebook unless you're actually making a difference, mm. right? Yeah. So, uh, 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 use your Twitter feeds and and find out who these people are who are who are making these statements that you agree with mm-hmm. or don't agree with. Yeah. So then, through that, you know, contact ANHD, right? Right. Contact Fab. Mm-hmm. Contact Contact Cooper Square. Contact you know. Northwest Bronx Community yep. and Clergy Coalition, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. contact uh, you have contact these folks, right? right? Contact the New Black Panther Party, yes, Cont- yes. contact people, yeah. and, and just figure out. You know, there, there's a term in the street that I love, and, and this is what it really makes sense. Get in where you fit in, mm. because yep. if you're if because if you're afraid to do direct action, then maybe your thing ain't direct action. But maybe you could be really good at stuffing an envelope. And even though you might think that's not being an activist, that is Man. being more of an right. activist than you understand. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. So just get in where you fit in and, and, and do the work and, and stay woke and stay ready. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Love it. Um, yeah. I, I'd, be, I'd be remiss if I didn't give a quick shout-out to NYPIRC, where I actually first started working uh-huh. in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, they do fantastic student organizing on campuses across New York State. Um, and a lot of what I actually like learned and formalized and gave names or what was taught the names of things of tactics and things like that working with Nyberg, I was just like trying out as a college student when I was in school in Pennsylvania. Um, and they, they do fantastic work in terms of yeah. just like integrating advocacy and organizing into just like a regular college student's schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, obviously we're, we're living in a very different moment right now. Um, and especially for, for college students, I would say like, that's a great place to start because you can learn a lot alongside being in your, in your art, in your already mm-hmm. existing academic environment. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I would kind of mention just, um, to kind of take a little bit of what you're saying, Sami, is just, you know, organizing is not fast. Yes. It is not like coming out for a protest and then everybody goes home mm-hmm. and has drinks yeah. and celebrates like do that, but don't expect that the world's going to be different tomorrow because of that protest or that march. Like, building power is not easy. 
It takes a long time and there will be stumbles, there will be falls. Sometimes you'll move backwards, sometimes you'll move left, sometimes you'll move right. And sometimes the things that you end up really fighting for, like this whole huge grand vision, you'll end up getting like this one tiny little piece of it over the course of like a year or like two years or three years. And, and that's okay. Um, but one of the things I keep seeing is like people are getting um, discouraged. They're like, oh, well, what's really changed with all this organizing and advocacy? And it's like, well, are you building power? Right. Like, that's the question you should really be coming to. Um, and if, if you're slightly more powerful than you were a week ago, if you know things or you're mm -hmm. connected with groups or you're working with, with organizations or with people that you wouldn't have been doing otherwise, that's a significant jump. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that you need to have like all these laws passed in like 30 days. Like, let the politicians write the laws and do that. We'll be there to tell them how to make the laws better and actually make them, make them do things actually help you. And I think for artists, because mm -hmm. because a lot of artists are going to be listening to this and yep. they should yep. be listening yep. to this mm -hmm. these mm -hmm. podcasts but I, I think for artists don't feel like you're so elite uh-huh uh -huh. yeah <laughs> okay. yeah can i just right say on. that right? yeah you totally because, can because 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 we are a mirror we are a mirror of a society and we're going to show the good the bad the ugly but in order for that to change you right. have to be the artist that's not afraid to do that yes yeah. right so 100. don't i mean Speak your mind and 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 use your art as as your microphone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just use it yeah. and don't say, "Oh, well, I'm a dancer, so that doesn't mean anything to me." Well, you're a dancer who lives in a building that has a new landlord, who's or right. you, or or you have a space that you're rehearsing in, and suddenly you don't have right. a space anymore, right. mm -hmm. or. Yeah. Or suddenly you're doing Julius Caesar and there's a bunch of right-wing yes. protesters yep. outside saying that you're, you're, you know, the show isn't any good. So yes. it's like, come on, artists, stop. You, you know, you can't hide behind that. I'm an artist and I don't have an opinion anymore. You yeah. can't do that anymore. Right. And we want to allow you to do that yeah. anymore. Yeah. One, actually, just one thing, because you said it before, so I mean, I wanted to, to, to restate it slightly or to tweak it, I guess, a little bit. It's just... I think that activism and organizing really like it's it's more art than it is science. Mm. Like so there there's yeah. there's no like one yeah. way of doing it where it's like oh right. well you're not you're not talking to people the right way or you're not following the formula or the model. It's like people are different. Right. And everyone's going to respond to different things and you know some people they they will respond to art and maybe that is the the way that you convince someone to, you know, come to a meeting or be involved yes. or you know yeah. do the things that that build power. So um I would just kind of say like kind of the, the big tent pitch mes message is just like artists have a place in it too. And just, it's a matter of feeling comfortable and feeling welcome in that struggle. Yeah. Yeah. You're wanted, right? Like, yeah. you know, whatever your, your local tenants rights group wants you, like your the group that is organizing to save the community garden or start a new one, they want you like you are wanted just the way that you want your audience and you feel wanted in your dance company or in your studio. Like you are wanted in an organizing space as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, amazing. You guys, I like want to keep doing this conversation forever, <laughs> but um, we cannot. We also, uh, we have, we have sleeping to do. We have our jobs to do. Uh, we have our loved ones to go home to um, so we're gonna go to our closing segment called plus one minus one I'm gonna read a list of, of things and you guys are gonna say plus one or minus one to the things and if you want to you can also like say a quick thing about why it's plus one or minus one for you and I'll play along as well and our first thing is racism 
<clears throat> trying to think of the way that, like, I mean, I mean, I'm yeah, saying minus yeah. one. Like, I want, I do, I like, I want to undo my own racism as a white person, and I want to organize in an anti-racist way in community. Like, minus one for racism for me. I wasn't sure if you wanted us to say plus one. I was like, I don't know if I want to say plus, plus one. one. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, oh, so now I say something that. I no, you have to part. respond to racism. You have to say plus one or minus one to it. Oh, minus one. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Minus okay. one. Okay. Pizza? New York pizza plus one. Okay. okay. Chicago-style pizza plus oh, one. Oh, all right. <laughs> all good pizza plus one. There we I go. told you I learned the double speed. Thank you so much. Um, confrontation. Plus one. Plus one. Plus one, for sure. Love yeah, it. yeah. Um, rules are made to be broken. Plus one. Plus one. I want to say plus one, but I also, like, I have a hard time with it. Like, I really, like, I tend to get into a structure, and I, like, you well, know. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, well there's, uh, rules, there's yeah. rules and there's routines, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. See, this is a good point, and I, sometimes I get confused about them. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to punt. Um, um, and I wrote this list, so um, oh, God help me. Um, 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 hanging out in the park. Plus one. Yeah. Plus one. Plus one. Plus one for me too. Um, air conditioning. It all depends on location. So yeah. If you're yeah. in an air conditioned space, yeah. That's that's pretty nice. I would say plus one there. If you're underneath an air conditioner and it drips on you, that's a minus one. Mm-hmm. 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 I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. I'm gonna go ceiling fan. So like kind of a minus one on air conditioning. I don't know. Like, I know, it's like, it sucks to be so hot, but, like, dries out everything. I don't know. I've become, like, really down on it right now. Also, I just had to, like, replace an air conditioning, oh, wow. a cooling coil well, in our office. Go. And so I'm just like, oh, stupid thing. We should just have, we should have better airflow. Um, um, I don't This. So I wanted to, like, put something on the list that kind of uh, reflected small businesses without saying small businesses, because... Uh, I sure hope we're all plus one small business. <laughs> oh, yeah. But so I came up with this um, rest like tip restaurants versus no tip restaurants. Like there's kind of I've noticed like within some restaurants now um, they don't you don't tip they it's like built into the salary of the server. Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting a higher wage and so you don't tip. So tip or no tip, plus one. I'm a tipper. Yeah. yeah, I I generally tip. Yeah, and I don't even trust if I don't it. see it, I'll just be like, "Where's your tip jar?" Yeah, whatever. totally. Yeah, 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 I'm a tipper. I don't trust the no yeah, tip. I don't thing. trust that at all. No. Yeah, because yeah. you, you can't you can't expect to be like to go to the the wait staff and be like, "Hey, so this is actually going to your thing, right? Like you're actually getting." Yeah. I mean, they're not yeah. going to be honest if their manager's like behind them. Right. This is, this is why my yeah. partner won't go on vacations with me like uh-huh. the hotels. Uh-huh. Because yes. we'll pull up and there'll be a strike and I'll be joining the strike. Yes. You know? Yes. Like, oh, just what I wanted for vacation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think I, ho- I, I, I would think that at home we all have a conversation with our partners that's like, can your politics please not kill this one thing that I really like? Right. And I'm like, right. mm, sorry, no. <laughs> <laughs> destroyed it. Um, all right, and that is it for um, this, which is also the final episode of artwork for this season. Um, I, I, wa- I have a whole list of thank yous, and then I have one more question for you, Armando and Sami. But first and foremost, I want to thank both of you for your time, for sharing your experiences and your work and your values with us today. Thank you so much. Um, I want to thank Rob O'Neill, who's our audio engineer for the day. Rob, you are making this happen. 
Fabin, thank you so much. Um, Ryan Gillum, ED of Fab NYC and Downtown Art, thank you for space and thank you for the support. Kim Golding, I see you back there. Um, thank you also for your work. Uh, Kim does marketing for Fab. Um, Kim will make sure you know about this. Um, thank you, Denise Shumay and Tim McAleer, who will be editing this episode. Um, I want to I want to thank the SpaceWorks staff for uh, supporting me and, and allowing the boss to step away and do this. I appreciate you. And I want to thank our listeners. Thank you so much um, for your feedback, um, for listening, for subscribing. Please continue to do so. Find us at fabnyc.org, on iTunes, on Stitcher, wherever you find your podcasts, and keep keep on listening. Um, and that said, I want to ask Sami Armando, how do our listeners find you on the internet? Okay. Um, you can find me at beboptheatercollective.org. Mm-hmm. That's the theater uh, stuff. Yep. Uh However, if you have some issues, mm-hmm. you can find me at the Cooper Square Committee. Just simply S-A-M-I-C at coopersquare.org, all lowercase. And can I just say one last thing? Yes, please. I want to do a quick shout out yeah. uh, to my partner, Elise Hernandez, uh. who puts up with like 14-hour days and, 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 and sometimes my grumpiness because of this work that we do sometimes. Yes. And I, I, I love you, baby. Thank you. Oh, that's amazing. I, I must not thank Die Glazer or I'll get in trouble, but thanks, thanks, honey. You put up with a lot, too. I'm um, not going to thank anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Armando, who do you want to thank and how do we find you on the internet? Well, I, I mean, I definitely have to make sure that I'm thanking uh, my, my fantastic wife, uh, Anna, mm-hmm. uh, who, who is everything in my inspiration and my muse. Mm-hmm. And also our... Furball Coltrane, our fantastic cat. Ooh, um, yes. And he actually has social media, but I don't remember that. So I'm not going to mention <laughs> his. I'll just mention, I'll just mention uh, mine and work stuff. So ANHD, you can find us on Twitter. It's at ANHDNYC. Mm-hmm. Um, also ANHD.org. Uh, and then probably for me also better would be Twitter as well. So my Twitter handle is at Armando C eighty nine, so that's at A R M A N D O C eighty nine. Um, I post up random things on there as well as plugging a lot of the, the stuff that A and H D and our member groups are doing. All right, thanks everybody. We're gonna have all that contact info online. Uh, I'll also tell you how you can reach me now that I'm running SpaceWorks, um, and as always, we'll tell you how to find Fab. Uh, thanks a lot. Have a great time. Thanks. Thanks. thanks.